Welcome to the Sedona Soul Sister Show, down-to-earth discussions on spiritual, metaphysical, paranormal, and healing topics. The Sedona Soul Sisters are the most trusted psychic mediums in Sedona. They have offices in Sedona, Arizona, where they see clients from all over the world. And now, today's show. Hi, welcome to the show. I'm Ivory. This is Roz. And today's topic is sleep paralysis. Before we jump into that, hello to our listeners in Dunfermline. I want to get it correct. Dunfermline, Fife, Scotland. I was so excited to see that. Um, Oh, that's um, high on my list of places to go. Uh, Very high. Top top of the list. So, uh, so excited to have you listening. Thank you so much. Um, We're going to jump into this. Roz and I were just chatting before we started the recording about personal experiences of our own and people we know, and and we'll get into that. But for those of you who haven't experienced this, you've heard of sleep paralysis, but you're wondering, what is that? It's when you're waking up or falling asleep and suddenly you're unable to move and your body becomes paralyzed as if an unseen weight is upon you. And you might be able to move your arms or legs, your head, your body. You can breathe and think, but you may be unable to speak. So it has different forms in there. The paralysis may last for only seconds or a few minutes. Then it disappears and you can move again. So that that would describe a typical episode of sleep paralysis. And it's a common sleep disorder classified as parasomnia. And episodes can cause you to feel intense anxiety. So it's interesting that sleep paralysis occurs when the line between sleep and wakefulness is blurred. So not quite awake not quite asleep. And normally your brain paralyzes many of your muscles during the stage of rapid eye movement or REM sleep. And that paralysis has a name. It's called atonia. And you might experience sleep paralysis if atonia lingers as you wake up from REM sleep. So it also may occur if you transition quickly from wakefulness into REM sleep And it can also occur together with hallucinations. And you might imagine you see or hear something. You might even think someone else or something is in the room with you. Um, Roz asked me, have I ever experienced this? And unless, yes, I have. I would say close to 50 times as a young child. And it was always in the afternoon when my mom would have us take a nap. And either waking, usually waking up out of that nap, I would suddenly realize I can't move and I could feel a huge weight pressing on my entire body. And on my, I'd feel like I'm having a panic attack. And I would be so terrified. And there was no one in the room. I couldn't see anybody in the room with me. And then all of a sudden it would go away. So I didn't know. I, ne- I told my mom and dad about it. And I don't remember them being particularly alarmed. But they had five children and they both owned and ran businesses. So they didn't have a lot of time for things like that. They were probably like, you have such an imagination. Go <laughs> Go play outside. <laughs> wow. That's that's scary. It I mean, was. I, I can't imagine that feeling of just like you're trapped in your body and something's holding you there. That's really scary. At that age, it felt like somebody much bigger than me was lying on top of me, my entire body. I couldn't move anything except my eyes. And 
weirdly, like I hadn't had that for a long, long time, decades. And then in the last few years, I've had it a few times as an adult. But we'll talk later in this episode about like what kind of things trigger it and the kind of situations that kind of are underlying factors to making you more susceptible to having sleep paralysis. And it it made some sense to me. Hmm. There's a spiritual view, which of course we're going to talk about, duh. (laughs) And that is the sleep paralysis is a state where the body's sleeping, but the mind is wide awake. Yeah, in this state, you feel paralyzed and you're unable to move or communicate. But from a spiritual point of view, sleep paralysis is seen as a symbol of our struggle to connect with the divine in our waking lives. They believe that it happens because your body is in the same state of shutdown as if you're fully immersed in a dream. But for some reason, the brain becomes consciously active. What is the result? Consciousness in the body of an unconscious person. Wow. Interesting to think of it that way, isn't it? That really it is. is what it is. It is. That's... It's like waking up in the middle of being asleep. Wow. I I wouldn't have thought of that. As yeah, I, I read that and because I did a bunch of research on this. And yeah, I don't want to just come on and talk about my personal experience is not the full explanation of this experience. Um I like to read about other people's ideas and thoughts on it. And and that one just really, I felt like this big uh, intuitive hit on that, that that is exactly what this is. You can describe it. I honestly think even traditional scientists are saying the same thing in scientific terms. Interesting. Yeah. Because the scientific view of these kind of things attends to some... Sometimes, I mean, a lot of our subconscious behaviors, you know, when science looks at those, they're viewed as being either an emotional problem or a mental problem or something. They never they never seem to do a good job of just looking at an, it as an event. Okay, this is an event that has happened, and we don't have to categorize it into some little cubby hole, but um, interesting, really interesting. It is. I had to unplug the cooling fan for my laptop because I think it's making a racket. <laughs> I, I couldn't figure that out. I'm like, it's like having the, it's like having the ceiling fan on. Can't have that. So the racket is gone. If you were <laughs> hearing that. Uh, I, I agree, Roz. It's like, um, you know, we have our own experiences in the spiritual world and our personal lives. But that's our personal experience, and it it cannot be the full picture for any experience we have. It's just your personal experience. That's why when people ask me things like, what will it be like when I see my angels? I, I can only tell them what it's like when I see my angels or what some clients and students have reported. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a very personal experience, all of these things. And I think... To me, to experience that paralysis effect would just, for a lot of people, I think that would just ignite a level of fear within them and terror. I I don't know that I, I don't know that I ever feel terror 
when I'm <laughs> dealing with these kind of things. I guess my logical mind is kind of going, all right, now what's going on? <laughs> you know, I was just thinking, um, I have to say, I did have some other experiences with sleep. What wasn't sleep? I guess it was sleep paralysis because I was asleep. I woke up and I realized I couldn't move. But when I had that massive spiritual awakening in 84, where I started seeing astral beings, I couldn't move. And I, I thought I was terrified. Like I remember shaking and sometimes that would go on for an hour, two hours or more. Wow. So that's the difference. Like it wasn't just a brief state. It was an extended state. And I, I didn't see ghosts or monsters. I saw astral beings. So, you know, that's, um, I forgot about that, but that I was frozen when that was happening back in the mid eighties. And I didn't like that. Well, interestingly, I mean, in the mid eighties, I think our society, our culture still had kind of like blinders on about these kind of events. And we didn't have the level of, certainly, we didn't have much going on in the awakening field. I mean, you were definitely ahead of your time. But, you know, we didn't have a lot going on in terms of research of these kind of things, really, um, that was being verbalized and that was being put out there for people. Now, they started really researching a lot of um, paranormal things and psychic abilities and stuff. Actually, in the 60s, I remember, you know, reading some of that stuff. I remember in the 70s, but it just seems like everything was kind of like under a lid with a lot of these kind of events. Whereas now, it's there's so much information available. Well, think about what the difference between the mid 80s and the early 90s is the internet and the World Wide Web. Oh, yeah. Now, having that much information at your fingertips now in the early days, like when I had my first home computer, it was a pretty sad little state of affairs. There wasn't very much to find. There wasn't that many websites. But um, if there were some about this, I never saw them. I looked. But as things went on, it's just more and more and more millions and millions of people's experiences and information at your fingertips. So it is so much easier to have a, a spiritual experience now and look it up and see, oh, I think I had sleep paralysis, but I just had to, I just journaled it. And when I found my first spiritual tribe, even they hadn't had that happen. So, you know, just because you find a spiritual tribe doesn't mean they're going to have every experience you've had and vice versa. Yeah, it's true. So we some people might be thinking, what's the difference between sleep paralysis and a nightmare? Well, the difference is, unlike a nightmare, you're conscious of what's happening. Your mind is fully awake. And so um, it might not be up to the same level as if you were up and about for the day, but there's evidence to say that some people experience what's called a false awakening where they believe that they were awake, but they were in fact dreaming of being awake. Have you done that? I used to do that in high school. I, I've never been a morning person. It hasn't changed for us. <laughs> I, my, I would set an alarm and it would go off. I would dream that I got up and I got started getting dressed and then I'd wake up and realize I'm still in bed asleep and the bus is coming in 10 minutes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
So with a nightmare, you're fully asleep. A nightmare is just the same as a dream, but presents negative imagery and feelings within you. So that's the difference. So sleep paralysis, you're awake. There's a bunch of spiritual theories. Do you want to hear them? Sure. Why not, right? Well, the, they say the brain is a powerful organ, and it really is. And much like that phantom limb syndrome in amputees where, let's say, somebody loses a leg in an accident, and then they feel pain in that missing limb or itching. The brain is awake, but the body isn't responding as it usually would. So it tends to implant what it imagines should be happening into your mind's eye. So when you're awake, the brain's telling your body to do something. Do this, lift this, walk here. And if it doesn't, this feeling of an out-of-body sensation could be down to your brain, literally creating a version of who, of you who's acting out its commands. So it's it's weird, like your brain is trying to function as if you're fully awake, but you're not. So uh, that could account for many of the spiritual experiences people have had, feeling as though they're being lifted out of their body or levitating, though that does happen. And it could also explain why some people believe they were abducted by aliens, but there's a lot of people who have been abducted by aliens, so it's just one possibility. But uh, for those who have dealt with sleep paralysis, it wouldn't be right for those who haven't to invalidate that experience as incorrect or wrong simply because of data gathered from sleep experts, because there's the spirituality, the paranormal, the supernatural element that we have to take into account here that science is still woefully behind on. So, you know, we have to be aware, which is why we end up discussing topics like this on our show, because people are hungry for this information, right? And curious, I, I think, you know, if you've never experienced something of that nature, that feeling of helplessness and you you don't know what to do. It's pretty foreign to a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people just can't imagine being in that situation. So I think it's really good to kind of prompt um, our thoughts about this and get people thinking about what the possible ramifications of it could be. It's definitely a physics related event you know and that's always so much my is in the paranormal that's, world <laughs> yeah that's always as you know that's my thing is i'm <laughs> always looking for the science and i'm always looking for reasons to do scientific experiments is it any <laughs> wonder we ended up as business partners <laughs> there's one scientist who i thought this was or there's their thought on this was that it's not out of the realm of possibility to imagine that experiences like sleep paralysis merge the physical and mental and cross the bounds of conscious and unconscious, that it could very well be the key to learning more about the universe around us, just experiencing the world in a very different way. And I don't know if you know this, Roz, but I, I found out that around the world, and I'm not surprised, around the world, sleep paralysis is known, but it has different names, different beliefs about it. Um, in, 19, in 1664, let me get this straight, a Dutch physician published a case history of a woman with sleep paralysis. He wrote, the devil lay upon her and held her down. But that was actually a very common belief 
back in medieval times that sleep paralysis, the the devil was a lot of things and the devil was holding them down. In Japan, sleep paralysis is called kanashibari, and the term is rooted in Buddhism. Long ago, it was believed that Buddhist monks could use magic to paralyze others. Hmm. Wow. There's some people that could use some paralyzing. I'm t- <laughs> In Newfoundland, sleep paralysis has been called an attack of old hag. We talked about that on, maybe even on our last episode that came up that like that feeling of something pressing you down is actually the old hag part of it. In China, it's called, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right. If I'm not, our listeners in China, I'm so sorry. It's called Meng Yan, ghost pressing on body or ghost oppression. They like ghosts in China. I like that. A new study reports that in Mexico, people might say that sleep paralysis feels like a dead body climbed on top of me. What a horrible vision that is. But hey, you know, it's different in every country. And in some Muslim countries, it's associated with being an evil jinn, which is their version of a genie. Oh. In Africa, they call it the witch riding your back. That does not sound fun either. And many cultures like Egypt and some parts of Italy believe that sleep paralysis is supernatural in nature. Out-of-body experiences are often described as a type of astral travel where the self leaves the physical body journeying into a parallel dimension. Some of Roz and I's favorite topics, (laughs) not just on the show either, just so you know. And experiences. (laughs) And experiences, yes. Lots of those. Um, We talked earlier, like, Roz, you said something like, Oh, you've never had it. And I said, I would talk about like what can trigger it. Some things that can trigger sleep paralysis is sleep deprivation and uh, stress, sleep-related leg cramps. And I have to tell you, like I had um, sleep deprivation as a child. I have a lot of stress and uh, you know, so I think that it was my anxiety probably brought that on. But the underlying causes, and this goes back to like scientific studies on on the syndrome of sleep paralysis. The, if you have any of these issues, then you're more likely to experience sleep paralysis. And the more of them you have, the more likely you'll have them. And if you don't have them, you'd be like, Ross, who's never experienced this. You wouldn't be alone. Insomnia disrupted sleeping patterns, like if you work shift work or had jet lag a lot. Narcolepsy, where you suddenly fall asleep. I have meeting narcolepsy, by the way, where I would just like, (laughs) oh, there's, I could tell you stories. Post-traumatic stress disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, um, panic disorder, or a family history of sleep paralysis. So you can inherit the tendency to sleep paralysis. I have a lot of those on that list. So Hello, no wonder I have this, but so uh, Roz, here's a topic that you and I, it's perfect for us. So is sleep paralysis happening because of a spiritual attack or a dark attack? Do you have any thoughts on that? I think it could, it could be in certain situations that that is a factor. Absolutely. Um, I think I think a lot of it has got to have to do with your inner um, 
like a sense of balance, kind of, you know, keeping yourself like people who are, are struggling with anxiety, depression, you know, different emotional, spiritual and mental issues. To me, those would all be um, frequencies that we're creating that can kind of send out a little beacon to uh, less than friendly beings who might want to drop in. <laughs> so, hey, keeping... this person's suffering. Let's see if we can increase that. Yeah, let's see if we can make them even more miserable. Mm-hmm. So it's it's um, you know, I, I we I I think we are going to find it difficult to compartmentalize this because I just think there's a lot of different factors that create that, but. It's almost like your your whole body, your whole um, inner being goes into a shutdown mode. It is, yes, mm-hmm. for a while. The only thing functioning is your brain. So I, I do agree with you. Like, if there's so much crossover, and this isn't the only thing. There's many topics we've covered that cross over into other topics as well. So you can have one thing going on and experience sleep paralysis. And other people can have sleep paralysis and never have it be attached to a spiritual attack or a, or a dark attack. Um, though there are a lot of people who have sleep paralysis who report seeing figures of in black cloaks or shadow figures while they're under sleep paralysis. Yeah, that, that's scary. It can be the brain. There's some explanation. Um, Dreams can seem very real, taking on a vivid hallucinatory feeling. And often these images are of black smudges, which the confused mind interprets as human figures, sometimes called shadow people. But shadow people are real. Roz and I have seen plenty of shadow people. And so, and waking state, like not, not sleep paralysis, just awake. So I know plenty of people who've seen them. So I, I have a feeling like some of this just seems to me like the scientific world not taking into account the spiritual world. I I think that's a factor in many of these situations. And I I think your level, like when we have a, a level of constantly underlying fear. You know, it kind of sets us up a little bit because that frequency is present to experience fearful things, scary things. But I just feel like we have to always be conscious and conscientious about where our emotions and where our feelings are taking us and maintaining a balance and a control in those circumstances cuz if you had a very scary experience with this event sleep paralysis i mean that opens the door to an incredible level of hesitation and fear about another one so getting control of that would be difficult it is we we often talk about that need to step into your inner core of strength and learn to protect yourself spiritually and just to be strong and so that you're not living in a state of anxiety and fear. Um, that is sometimes a long process and it takes a lot of dedication to it to really overcome that or even make great headway, but you can do it. It is possible. Yep. It's it's a matter 
it really is mind over matter. It's a matter of control that you develop within yourself and balancing and tapping into that to keep yourself there. I kind of want to just put this out here because there, I, I think that it's important, you know, that there's a few things you can do to avoid sleep paralysis if you didn't do tend to have that. And that's getting enough rest. So I'm working on that myself. As Roz knows, my sleep schedule is pretty bizarro. So I'm really working on going to bed the same time, waking up the same time every day, still exercise and also avoiding drugs and alcohol. Uh, Those things can really lend towards having sleep paralysis. So just know for a lot of cases, the sleep paralysis might just be a quirk in in your REM sleep cycle, not a spiritual attack not something any more than that. But at the very least, I do think there's something about that merging, like being in the conscious and unconscious at the same time. Allow yourself to go with that and see what happens. Don't be afraid. Just just experience it like, oh, here's an adventure I'm being handed. I'm going to see what happens with this. Why not? We're going to be continuing this conversation over on Patreon. We have a page there called Sedona Soul Sisters, easy to find us. And you can get a free seven-day trial so you can hear the rest of this episode while we'll talk about some important facts you need to know about sleep paralysis. And we have a lot of videos and articles and we do live events there. So join us over there. Um, And next Friday, our podcast topic is channeling. And we're going to be talking about all kinds of channeling. So that's going to be, that'll be a fun one to talk about, I think. In the meantime, we hope you have an absolutely remarkable week. We'll see you next Friday. Thank you for listening to the Sedona Soul Sisters show. If you'd like more information about the Sedona Soul Sisters and their services, visit their website at SedonaSoulSisters.com. Subscribe to our show here so you don't miss a thing. All of us at Sedona Soul Sisters hope you have an enlightening week.